Today is the day we get the opportunity to talk to new offensive coordinator Luke Getze, plus a former NFL GM tells us what a NFL offseason is like, free agency, the draft, and a whole lot more. Comes up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for February 16th, 2024. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. The Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show soon as it becomes available, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, Thank you. The show is growing each and every day, and that's because of you, Raider Nation, so we cannot thank you enough. Also, got a big big shout-out to my man, Ari, who, well, without him, the show's not on YouTube at all. So shout-out to my man, Ari. You can check him out on Twitter, at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well, at your boy Q254, and we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts will come up in segment number three of today's show. Get as much feedback in as possible as we close out the week really strong. Looking forward to that. Segment number two, look forward to you hearing this conversation. I actually had an opportunity on my other radio show on ESPN Radio Game Night to catch up with former Raider GM Dave Ziegler. And I'm a big Dave Ziegler guy. Uh, I like to consider him a friend. He's a guy that I've communicated with quite a bit throughout the time, even while he was the GM. And while he's not the GM, again, like I said, I consider him a friend. He just uh, was able to join the show and talk about an NFL offseason. What goes through a GM's mind as they're preparing for free agency, as they're preparing for the combine, as they're preparing for the draft? Lots of good nuggets from Dave Ziegler, who, again, I think is a very sharp NFL mind, a guy that I believe was collateral damage. He was kind of guilty by association with Josh McDaniels. You'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two from my ESPN radio show, Game Night, again, weekly on ESPN Radio. Here in segment number one, I'd like to give you the news and notes of the day, so we'll go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, we get an opportunity today, this afternoon, as a matter of fact, to talk to new Raiders offensive coordinator Luke Getze. He'll meet by, with the media by way of Zoom, so we won't be at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. I don't even know if he's in Vegas yet. I don't know if he's been able to kind of make the transition and get to town, but get the first opportunity to talk to Getze. And I got three things that I want to make sure I come away with this conversation uh, knowing a little bit more. One, I think the most important thing is the offensive philosophy. Now, he's not going to tell us everything, but I think it's a, a fair question, right? Okay, so what is the mentality? What is your thoughts? What is the process that you're going to be going through as you're trying to put this Raiders offense together? Again, this is one of the biggest questions that I had, not even when the season ended, you know, more like halfway through the season. How are, how are you going to fix this offense? How is this offense going to be better than what it was in 2023 where the team struggled to score 20 points? So the next offensive coordinator has to have a plan. What is that plan? Again, they're not going to tell us everything, but to ask the offensive philosophy, what does he believe in? All we know is what he did while he was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and others. He wasn't the offensive coordinator. And then when he was the offensive coordinator, was in Chicago uh, for two seasons, and it wasn't great. Right. So, okay. So what is a Luke Getze offense? What is that? What does he vision that looking like, especially alongside of Antonio Pierce? So that's the first uh, thing that I want to ask him, want to make sure that that's asked before the meeting's over. Also, number two, what did you learn from your experience in Chicago as a first time play caller? You always want to continue to get better. You always want to continue to grow. Uh, as Courtney Cronin and many others that cover the Chicago Bears say, Luke Getze, especially his first year as the offensive play caller, wasn't very good. 
But I, I get it, right? I mean, we just saw Bo Hardegree get thrown into that same position midseason, right? When when Antonio Pierce took over as the interim coach, but Bo Hardegree took over as the interim offensive play caller, offensive coordinator. And it wasn't easy for him. He had moments where it was good and other moments where he, it wasn't good. So, you know, Luke Getze, he's going to have to, you know, say and, and show what he learned and how he's going to improve from his struggles that he may have had in Chicago so he doesn't have those, Chicago, those, those issues here in Vegas with the Raiders. So that's the second thing that I want to ask Getze when we meet with him this afternoon uh, by way of Zoom. And the third one, what attracted you to this job with Antonio Pierce and the Raiders? He had other opportunities, right? He had the Saints that were talking to him. I believe the Patriots talked to him. He had a few interviews that were lined up, probably four or five lined up, and I think he was a finalist for the Saints job, and obviously he ended up getting the Raiders job after they tried to get Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator. So he wasn't option A, but apparently he was in the, the running the whole time. He was a finalist. He just wasn't the number one finalist, which was Cliff Kingsbury. But as soon as the thing with Kingsbury went down and you knew that that wasn't going to be a signing, they turned their attention immediately to Luke Getze. But what was it about this job? What was it about the Raiders? What was it about Antonio Pierce or the weapons that are on that offense that attracted him to the team? So those are the three things that I want to make sure to ask Luke Getze when we meet with them about 1210 Pacific time by way of Zoom. Offensive philosophy, what did you learn from your experience in Chicago as a first-time play caller, and what attracted you to the job with Antonio Pierce and the Raiders? Another thing that I wanted to bring to the table, a little nugget that I wanted to bring to the table here in the Locked On Raiders podcast, segment number one, little news and notes, uh, ran across this podcast from Brett Boone, the Brett Boone podcast, and uh, Rob Ryan was a guest on it. Rob Ryan I just ran into on Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 at Mandalay Bay Convention Center, and I was going to talk to him. Actually, he goes to the same barber I do, uh, Indicut Barbershop in Henderson. Uh, he, we go there, and obviously I go there a lot more than he does, but uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920. They actually had a, a, the, the chance to interview him I was in the middle of another interview when he came and sat down at the table or else I would have got that opportunity uh but he uh he was on the Brett Boone podcast talking about a lot of things and this was probably about a week ago but I came across it on Thursday and I just thought that this little quick answer from him was pretty cool he was asked about head coaches and he brings up Antonio Pierce and what exactly he's bringing to the Raiders and how he likes it so check it out here's Rob Ryan from the Brett Boone podcast you know like when you're saying head coach I mean I was fortunate enough I worked for uh for Bill Belichick, I worked for my father, two completely different people. Uh, I worked with Sean Payton. Uh, I worked for Al Davis. I don't know who the head coach was, but Al Davis was. You know, so uh, <laughs> those guys yeah. set the tone. They, they set the tone, exa- you know, uh, and this AP's a man, is superstar, believe me. Uh, and, and I love the, the job he's done here with the Raiders because uh, I'm a Raider at heart. I'm going to always be one so i thought that was pretty cool right rob ryan say that he's through and through a raider right and he loves what ap's bringing to the table and you know you go back to the pivot podcast with ryan clark and channing crowder and fred taylor and what ap was saying and i'll tell you man i've said it before and i'll say it again that i have so much confidence that this team is heading in the right direction that ap gets it i just feel like and i said this on my radio show on thursday this is my madden and i'm not saying he's going to be a great coach like john madden but You know, the energy and the juice that John Madden brought to the Raiders? Well, for me, in my era, that's what AP brings, 
right? This is the one coach that I feel like, okay, he gets it. He understands what the Raiders are all about, and he knows how to get the most out of them. Like, I'm so excited about what AP is going to be able to do with this team, what my anticipation level is. Like, I can't wait until the season gets started, and obviously we're only in February, so it's a long way to go. But, man, this process, I believe, is going to be fun because I think AP is going to have an opportunity to really show what he could bring to the table. And you can hear the excitement even in Rob Ryan's voice right there. The final thing I got for you for seven number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast is we talked a lot about the quarterback position. We got a lot of feedback on the quarterbacks. You'll hear that coming up in segment number three. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He's a guest on my radio show quite a bit. He was a guest on, on Thursday on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And I asked him a question about the top three quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Doesn't matter what order you put them in. Those are the top three quarterbacks. There's no doubt about it. So I asked him a question about those three quarterbacks and really what it would take for the Raiders to move up from 13 to number two or three to have an opportunity again, Jaden Daniels. We know who the big three are, regardless of whatever order you put it in. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. It's just the order that comes out of my head. Um, do you see that as being the top three? Do you see a, an opportunity where maybe after the combine, Jaden Daniels is like solidified in as that number two guy? Yeah, I think that is the clear-cut top three. You're going to start to see, and you already kind of have seen some, I don't know, rumblings about J.J. McCarthy and some teams' boards being higher than, than, than four, which I think is insane. I, I think he should be QB4. I think McCarthy is ahead of your Bonexes, your Michael Penix, et cetera. Um, but I think it's kind of crazy if he's ahead of those three names. I do think you are going to see, and I've heard personally more and more, that there are a handful of teams that have Jane Daniels as the number two quarterback. I mean, he's just the, the dynamic athletic ability, you know, good thrower outside the numbers on deep balls all year long. Um, and, of course, a great runner, a great first step. Uh, to kind of bail from the pocket and, and avoid contact. Yeah, there are going to be teams that have missed QB2. It probably comes down to, you know, just the preference of, uh, I guess, the Washington Commanders. But I, I think that those two are pretty interchangeable. Um, I do think Kale Williams is, is a near consensus QB1, probably, probably in every building, uh, but I think most probably have him as a top guy. A lot of folks in Raider Nation, including myself, talk about Jaden Daniels as the quarterback for the Raiders only because of the relationship with AP and the fact that he was in the locker room following the game week 18. You just kind of get that sense that he would love to play uh, for that coach because he's so comfortable with them. The Raiders are at number 13, as you know. What would it take to get from 13 to, say, two or three to have an opportunity to get Jaden? Yeah, the connection there is awesome. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's pretty rare and pretty special for something like that to happen. So, I mean, look, Trey Lance trade was from 12 to 3, so it's kind of the blueprint. And that was, you know, two extra first-round picks and a third-round pick. And then I think there was some, you know, exchanging of, like, fifth and sixth. But, see, you're talking this year's first, two more firsts, and another day-two pick involved as well. Um, you know, maybe to go from, you know, to two would cost even more than that. Maybe you have to throw in a player at that point. But, yeah, you're, you're talking about as big of a trade package as you can have. So there you go. That's Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus talking about uh, what it would take to move up from 13 to 3, 13 to 2. Basically, it'd be like the Trey Lance trade. As the 49ers move up from number 12 to number 3 uh, with Miami to go ahead and get the number 3 overall pick and have the opportunity to get Trey Lance. Obviously, that didn't work out. Uh, if you don't remember exactly what that trade was, uh, the 49ers gave up the 2021 first-round pick, number 12 overall. 2022 first round pick, which ended up being number 29 overall. 2022 third round pick, number 101 overall. 2023 first round pick, number 29 overall. And uh, a little bit extra on it. So that's what uh, it was from 12 to 3. Obviously, with this draft class, it's going to be a little bit more than that. So if you're willing to give that up, which I do believe the Raiders will 
be willing to do if their guy is there that they want, if they have a guy that they're targeting, if they're comfortable with that, I do think that they'll make that move. Again, they've got to be 100% sold, though, because that's a lot to give up to be like 90% or 85%. You've got to be 100, matter of fact, maybe 110% sold on the guy that you're going to get if you're willing to make that kind of move. The 49ers did it. It didn't work out, and they got very, very lucky that Brock Purdy came in as Mr. Irrelevant and saved the day. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear the conversation that myself and Gabe Neitzel had on my ESPN radio show, Game Night, uh, talking with Dave Ziegler, former Raiders GM, talking all things offseason. You'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about DoorDash. And DoorDash is uh, an app that you need to have on your phone. Right. If you're hungry, if you need groceries, if you need any kind of supplies that DoorDash will offer, they offer plenty of different items. And especially in the local area, DoorDash is what you need. Restaurants, groceries, flowers, gifts, whatever the case may be. It's an all in one app for your everyday needs. And it is something that is so super convenient. Uh, The wife does it all the time uh, because I don't really do it, but I do have it. I do have the capabilities, but I let the expert do it. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or maybe even just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered directly to your door. Or maybe you're at the job and come directly to your job as well. If you didn't have a chance to hit the grocery store last weekend and uh, all the games were going on and you didn't want to miss anything, boom, DoorDash is the way to go. So whatever watch party or anything, any kind of party you got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season's over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, just plain winter. I think a million reasons daily to use DoorDash. Hop on the app and make your day a little bit easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, and a consolation prize for your sad friends in San Francisco who are still upset that the 49ers lost Super Bowl 58. All could be done with DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Had an opportunity to catch up with Dave Ziegler, former Raiders GM, on Thursday on my radio show, ESPN Radio Game Night. I was on with Gabe Neitzel, who does radio up in Milwaukee. He's a really good dude. Fun show, and me and Dave have been texting back and forth uh, quite a bit, and I, I kept telling him that, hey, man, I want to get you on the show to talk about the offseason. And matter of fact, really have him on multiple times throughout the course of the offseason through different phases, right? And, of course, right now, GM, scouts, everyone, they're trying to get ready for free agency. They're trying to get ready for the combine that's coming up in a couple of weeks. I'll be in Indianapolis for that. I'm looking forward to that as the Raiders offseason is never ever boring so he was a guest on my radio show on a Thursday and I, th- I thought that that was really cool and he's going to do this uh, more often than not but we started off the conversation talking about while he was the Raiders GM did he ever feel the need to try to build a team that can compete with the guys that just won the Super Bowl Super Bowl 58 in the Kansas City Chiefs here it is yeah no question I think you know you're always looking at the teams in in your division that you need to beat and how you need to beat them because ultimately that's your uh, we, that's your clear path to the playoffs is winning your division. And so, you know, understanding what we needed to do to try to beat the Chiefs, you know, improve the pass rush, draft the Tyree Wilson, for example, you know, those are those are some of the moves that and some of the thoughts that go into um, taking players when you're looking at who you have to get over the hump with. And, and a good pass rush is, is one of those deals when you're playing the Chiefs you better have. 
So now we're in this period where you have a couple of weeks before the combine here at the end of the month, obviously the draft in April. What's the most important thing? What are the things NFL executives are thinking about going into this period of the year? Yeah, I think the one thing that each executive is, is doing and organizationally is you're looking at you know what your own team needs are. And then I think when you're looking at those team needs, you kind of have to create a hierarchy. And you know we always talked about what, our, what were our musts, and what were our wants? And, you know, we, when we looked at our team, there was maybe three or four things that we must, we must accomplish during the free agency period. And then you have your group of things that you want to accomplish. Um, and, and those might be more luxury items. So every team's taking an inventory of what their needs are and then strategically looking at what's available in free agency and what does the draft board look like this time of year? What, where, where maybe is there a surplus in the draft that is thin in free agency that you can kind of, you know, you, you can play off of or, you know, or vice versa. The, the, you know, free agency um, is, is really robust and the draft is going to be thin. And so, you know, you're looking at those types of things. Um, you're starting to prepare for the combine. You ha- you're having some February draft meetings this time of year where your scouts are coming in and kind of um, identifying what are the things that you're going to need answered for the players that are at the combine. We, you have all these interviews that are going to go down at the combine. And you're starting to figure out where are some of the loose ends at? What are some of the strategic um, angles we need to take to maybe get some of the questions that we have from our fall process on a prospect, whether it's uh, durability issues, whether it's uh, a football intelligence, whether it's character and maturity. And you're starting to get all those things, those ideas formulated. So when you go to the combine and you have these in- interviews, you have a, a strategic plan of, of what you need to accomplish with the with the time you have with these um with these guys at the combine. Former NFL GM Dave Ziegler is with us here on Game Night on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You know, free agency is one of those tools where you can help fill some holes on your team. But one thing you always did that I was I really respected was you stayed disciplined. You didn't overspend. How how tough is that not to overspend and kind of get into a bidding war when there's one big high ticket free agent out there that you may want? Uh, it's tough, uh, and and I think that you know, free agency is um, you know I've always always looked at free agency as a little bit of fool's gold, meaning you know you're you're why we I will I, I always wanted our scouts to know why are these guys free agents? How did they get here? Is it because of something we don't know? Is it an injury thing? Is it um, you know is it a character thing? Is it or, or maybe it's just they're looking to get paid? But I always wanted to know the why, and and I think you know. When I say fool's gold, is you, you're probably overspending, um, and, and I think that you have to understand that when you go into free agency, and so um, you have to set a price point, and and I think it's um, set that price point and being disciplined with that price point is a tough thing to do, but it's very important to do um, in order to allocate your resources the right way and be able to sign the number of players that you need to sign to improve your roster. And I think you're gonna, you, you know you're going to overspend in some spots, and you better be comfortable with who that player is, what they're bringing to your team, not just on the field, but from a leadership perspective um, and from a work ethic perspective. You want your highest paid players to be your best workers and your best leaders. That creates harmony in the locker room, and when you're able to achieve that, you, you can get on the right path of building something that's going to be successful in the NFL. 
Dave, can you walk me through what a draft board you know might look like? Just because so many times I've heard general managers step up to the podium during draft season and say, "Hey, we're taking the best player available, best player available," <laughs> and yet it seems you know all the time like a team that has a pass rusher need. Oh, suddenly the best player available on their board. Oh, that, yeah. that's where he ends up going for you know as a draft pick. Yeah, I mean, typically it's the best available player at the position of need, you know, and, and that's not, you don't always, you don't say that necessarily, but that's ultimately, a, there's the human behavior element. That's all, oftentimes what it is. You start to lean towards who those best available players are, but your hierarchy of how they're going to fit to your team is what your needs are often. Um, and so, you know, the draft board, you know, at this time of year, it's preliminary, but I would say when you go in and you start to finalize that draft board, you know, like we were picking at seven last year, you know, we had a group of about nine players that we felt were worthy of call it being picked in the top seven. And as you go down your draft board, um, that's how it ends up forming up. You end up, you know, you might have picked 53 and you start to get there and you're looking at who those five players that you're going to be comfortable picking are there and you hope those five are available and to your point, it's the best available, but it's often the best available at a position of need, and um, and that's kind of how you ultimately end up going through most of the draft. Dave Ziegler, former NFL GM, is with us here on Game Night on ESPN Radio with Gabe Neitzel. I'm Q Myers. So, of course, the conversation is always going to be surrounding the quarterbacks. This year it looks like a good group of QBs, probably four or five of them that can go probably in the top 10 to top 15. How do you kind of navigate through the waters and even decide, hey, I'm going to try to take this pick and trade up to go get that quarterback that I may need? You know, what's the kind of pros and cons of that approach? Yeah, well, I think the pros and cons, well, here's what I would say, first of all. If you feel convicted on a quarterback and you think that's going to be your franchise player, I don't really, you know, and I'm going to exaggerate here a little bit, but I don't know if, the, if there's an asking price that is too high. Because ultimately, that's such an important position. And if you feel you're getting, you know, the Josh Allen or, or the Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or, you know, who may, who may have, who, whoever that is, I don't know if there's a price tag that's, that's too steep. But obviously, you have to understand where your team is, too. And if you're a team that um, needs those draft picks to build your roster and, and you need more of a foundation, then you have to be diligent in, in how much you're willing to give up. Just like we were talking about in free agency, you set your price point on a player and you got to be disciplined to not go over that. You have to do the same thing when you're looking up, you know, talking about trading up um, and what that, and what that cost is and how that would hurt your team. Um, if you maybe gave up too many assets, but um, you know, that's, that's how I think you go into that. And, and, and I would just add, I think the quarterback position too, when you look at it, the one thing that um, you know the fans have to understand, and, 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 and executives, we all have to understand it too. You have to be careful when you evaluate the quarterbacks. I think you have to do it historically. I think if you just if you just evaluate, always evaluate the quarterbacks um, up against who's in that specific draft class, you can grade a guy too high depending on what the quality of those other players are. So we always talked about when you're looking at a Drake May. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back and compare him and watch Justin Herbert, watch Josh Allen, watch Stroud, watch watch Bryce Young again, and let's compare him to those players too to make sure we're getting a true evaluation on the quarterback to understand what his value actually is. Is that also part of the reason why quarterback is is so hard to evaluate? Because I feel like 
you know, we've been playing football for over 100 years professionally, Dave, <laughs> and yet yeah. that still seems to be an incredibly tough position to figure out come draft time. Yeah, it is. And, and, the main, and one of the main reasons for that is it's one of the few positions where so much of the evaluation goes beyond the tape. And, and it goes into the classroom. It goes into their, I would say, uh, their ability to think, their ability to learn, um, their ability to problem solve, their ability to process information. And you can get some of those things on tape, but you really have to dig in the, into the interview portion of that um, to understand what that is, especially because the offenses between college football and the NFL are so different. And then you have to understand the drive and the mental toughness of those individuals because it is such a high pressure and polarizing position in the NFL. There is so much pressure. Um, there's so much to learn. And I think you have to have the right mindset to be able to handle all of that. And I think that's why it's such a hard position to evaluate because it goes beyond the tape. And those other areas that I just talked about are so critical to a player's success that, um, and, and that, that you need to get those right. And I would say this, there's a lot of people in the league that don't always understand um, how to evaluate those qualities that I just said. You have to have someone in the building that understands what it takes and, and what, um, what those measurements need to be to be successful, and that's what makes it so tough. We'll close out with this, Dave. And, again, Dave Ziegler, former NFL GM, is with us here on game night. Since the combine is the next thing to come up right at the end of the month, um, how much do you take away from the combine with what you see, especially from the players on the field, as opposed to, like, the game film that you saw from them throughout the course of the college season? Yeah, you know, for, for me, um, and, and maybe everybody's a little bit different, the stuff that goes on on the field at the combine – doesn't have it's a small piece of the puzzle um it doesn't have a tremendous impact um because it's it's not football it's not tape um but it does confirm things some of the things you may see you you know you're going to confirm what a player's speed is you're going to compare you're going to be able to understand what their agility is and so some of those numbers maybe will confirm what you saw on tape some of those numbers are going to make you go back and watch the tape you might have watched the guy during the season and felt like his play speed wasn't very good, and then he runs a four three four, and it's like, well, let me go back and make sure that <laughs> you know I saw those things correctly. So I think it's it's more of a, a checks and balances rather than having really a huge impact on the on the evaluation and call it the grade of the player. I'll tell you what, it's a fun time of year. It's the off season. Every team feels like they have a chance. And like I said, the combine's coming up, free agency, and the draft. Well, Dave, fantastic stuff. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. Hopefully, we are able to do this more often throughout the course of the off season leading up to the draft. We'd love to pick your brain some more. We appreciate you. I would love to do it again. I appreciate you guys. You guys do a great job. Uh, love listening to the show. You know, I shoot you the text when I'm working, working <laughs> at night, watching some film, and that I'm dialed in. So. Um, Congrats to you guys. Keep it up, and uh, we'll talk down the road. So there was a conversation with GM, former GM, Dave Ziegler. Obviously, he was the Raiders GM, but just thought it was cool to hear from him just kind of what goes into the thoughts and the process of an offseason. And I love what he said about the quarterback position. Yeah, you can look at the quarterbacks, and you can compare them to the quarterbacks that are in the current draft. Like, we're looking at the top three. We're looking at, you know, uh, uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. How do they compare historically to the quarterbacks drafted in their slot, right? I mean, that, I thought that that was a really good point that I don't think a lot of people bring up uh, and think about. I, I know I hadn't thought about that, but that's why we have a guy that was in that position on the show, and that's why to hear from him. Again, I think that he's a very smart, sharp 
uh, you know, football mind. I think he's a guy that became collateral damage and was guilty by association because he was there alongside Josh McDaniels. But I think that Dave Ziegler did some really good things. And you can look up and down the Raiders roster right now. Think about the guys that competed and the guys that really contributed in 2023. A lot of those guys are guys that Dave Ziegler brought in. Did he do everything perfectly? Nah, of course not. I'm sure he'll be the first to tell you that. But he did do a lot of good things and brought in a lot of players that really helped contribute and even coaches. Remember, Antonio Pierce is the head coach because Dave Ziegler and Joshua Daniels hired Antonio Pierce. So he was already there on the staff. So that's something to think about as well. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts draft that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Nissan. And are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. How about the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder? Has room up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. How about the Armada, the 2024 Nissan Armada? It'll change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to eight in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a call from Jay Peasy from the 209, calling to talk about the quarterback position and how he thinks the Raiders should approach it, and it's not selling the farm. Here he is, Jay Peasy from the 209. Yo, what's up, Q? It's your boy Jay Peasy from the 209. Just wanted to tap in, say what's up. Um, I just wanted to drop my quick two cents on the whole quarterback situation. Honestly, I'm starting to think, I don't know if it's going to be a good idea to sell a farm for Jaden Daniel. To be honest, I don't think they're even going to do it. Um, I think they should maybe move up a few spots if they do want a quarterback. If not, try to get somehow, you know, one of these like lower, not lower, but like a J.J. McCarthy or, a, you know, Bo Nix, you know, kind of worried about um, Penix, but uh yeah. And um, anyways, uh, you know what I have just random thought? Whatever happened to T3 Facts, man? Like, that dude was dope. I used to love his little quick hits and stuff like that. Like, man, we need to bring that guy on. Maybe for a segment to drop some knowledge, <laughs> drop some quick facts or something. Nah, all right, Q. Peace out. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a thought, right? It's worth. Is it worth selling the farm? That's a decision you got to make. Just like – Dave Ziegler said in segment number two, like, you go all in. There's not really a price that's too much to pay if you fully believe in that guy. If you're 100% sold on that guy, it's not too much, right? But if you're not sold, then you've got to think twice. And maybe you do just let the board fall to you, and then you go and get the guy that's there if you're comfortable with him. Just like the Raiders waited until fourth round to get Aiden O'Connell a year ago, maybe they wait till number 13 to get a Bo Nix. Maybe they wait till number 13 to get a Jamie, Jamie McCarthy. Maybe they wait to get a Michael Penix. I mean, who knows? Or maybe they see a guy that they want and they target, 
and they go get him. As far as our guy T3, haven't heard from him in a minute, right? I know he's got his own show that he was working on. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be dropping his five quick hits somewhere. Uh, but, you know, it's always good to hear from him when we do hear from him. Just haven't heard from him in a minute. But, uh, yeah, shout out to T3 Raider Facts, the OG here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. JPZ, thanks so much for the call. It's always good to hear from you as well, my man. Up next, a text from Raider Dan in Rochester. Q, with all this talk of who the Raiders will draft a quarterback and what it will cost, can you take a deeper dive into some of the day two or day three quarterbacks that have the potential to be franchise quarterbacks? Nobody's talking about Jordan Travis and how he's doing in rehab. I think based on the 2024 season, he'd be a great quarterback to develop. Since there is not much at offensive tackle on free agency, I'd rather see us build the trenches and take a pair of quarterbacks like Michael Penix and then double dip with Travis. We could also take another weapon for the offense like one of the speed wide receivers or pair our tight ends with Bowers and be multidimensional. We could afford to be patient and see what we have with Akon and build around him. That's Raider Dan in Rochester. Thanks for the text. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, uh, I've talked about Jordan Travis quite a bit. I think that he's going to be a guy that you're going to learn a lot about at the combine, especially with the medical, see how the rehab is going. He was dynamic at Florida State until he got that lower leg injury and then ended his season. Um, yeah, I'll definitely do some deep diving. We'll talk about all the quarterbacks. I'm not going to just stop at, you know, uh, Jaden Daniels and, and Drake May and Caleb Williams and Michael Penix and Bo Nix and, you know, and J.J. McCarthy. Like, there's plenty of quarterbacks in the draft, and that's such a, a big area of conversation when it comes to the Raiders. We'll definitely do that. We'll do plenty of deep dives in that. I know on my radio show later on today, I'm going to be doing a deep dive uh, with Billy Embody, who covers LSU. So he's going to be talking with me about Jaden Daniels. But uh, next week, Daniel Jeremiah is doing a pre-combine uh, conference call. And you know I love those conference calls. That's next Thursday. So we'll talk a lot about the quarterbacks. He'll rank the quarterbacks and all that good stuff. I mean, we're in the thick of things now. It is full throttle draft season. So, yeah, we'll do deep dives on all these different quarterbacks. We'll look at the trenches. We'll look at wide receivers. We'll look at defense of tackles all that it is go time and we're gonna go <laughs> that's what we will do uh raider dan thanks so much for that text i appreciate you uh up next got a call from jacob at hanford repping the 559 he's calling to talk about the quarterback position and how people are assuming what teams big boards look like for the top three quarterbacks here he is jacob at hanford yo what's up q it's your boy jp from 209 just wanted to tap in say what's up um i just wanted to drop my quick two cents on the whole quarterback situation Honestly, I'm starting to think, I don't know if it's going to be a good idea to sell a farm for Jaden Daniel. To be honest, I don't think they're even going to do it. Um, I think they should maybe move up a few spots if they do want a quarterback. If not, try to get somehow, you know, one of these like lower, not lower, but like a J.J. McCarthy or, a, you know, Bo Nix, you know, kind of worried about um, Penix, but uh yeah. And, um, anyways, uh, you know what I have just random thought? Whatever happened to T3 Facts, man? Like, that dude was dope. I used to love his little quick hits and stuff like that. Like, man, we need to bring that guy on. Maybe for a segment to drop some knowledge <laughs> and drop some quick facts or something. Nah, all right, Q. Peace out. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. And yeah, off top, I do believe that those are the three top quarterbacks, just like I was uh, talking with Brad Spielberger, and you heard that in uh, in segment number one from Pro Football Focus. And it doesn't really matter what order you put them in. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams. Like, it doesn't really matter. I think everyone's in agreement. Caleb Williams is going to go number one. I think after the combine, there's a good chance that Jaden Daniels will probably go number two. Uh, but we'll see. Right? I'm not a big Drake May guy. It's because of the coach that he plays for. I... Trust Mac Brown, and I like Mac Brown a lot as a college coach. 
I don't like Mac Brown as a guy that develops NFL quarterbacks. That's just that's just me, right? And 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 that's it. So uh, Drake May took a little bit of a step back in 2023. His 2022 season was much better. So that's why I'm not 100% you know, sold on him. But again, he's a guy that could change the game at the Combine as well. And you know, there could be someone that we're not talking about that much right now that shines at the Combine. Then all of a sudden, it's like, man, did you see him? Did you see that arm? Did you see how fast he is? Did you see his accuracy? I mean, you know there will be. I don't know who it's going to be, but there'll be somebody that will shine at the Combine and it'll be all of a sudden the next greatest thing. And there'll probably be someone who's bad at the combine that will say, hey, we're stay away from him. He didn't do those drills well. He didn't bench press well. He didn't run fast enough. He didn't do yada, yada, yada fast. You know what I mean? Like, it always happens at the combine, and you got to be careful with the combine. I mean, just like you heard Dave Ziegler say in segment number two, the combine, you should really take those drills that you see them do and use it as confirmation of what you already knew. Or, you know what, let me go back and look at the film to see if I saw this guy really look that fast on the field, on the grass. And if you did, okay, cool. If you didn't, then you say, you know what? That's the Underwear Olympics, so I got to remember that that's the Underwear Olympics. So, Jacob, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Got time for a couple more as we close out the week really strong. This text is from Ernesto G. in Inglewood, now living in Dallas. He said, look, selling the farm to reach for a quarterback isn't worth the risk. How many top five quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl in this modern NFL? How many top five quarterbacks have not lived up to the position drafted? If we draft and pick up studs for the O-line, we can – Get a quarterback drafted at number 13 or trade up in the late first or even the first in the second round will be good. A swing and a miss will set us back too far for AP to have long-term success. We need to go hard in the paint on both sides of the trenches. Your thoughts? That's Ernesto G. in Inglewood, now living in Dallas. And Ernesto, thanks for the text. And look, I say, I say it all the time. Scared money don't make money. Now, I'm not a gambler. I'm scared money. There's a reason I don't make money when it comes to gambling because that's just not my bag. But at some point, you know, AP is going to be tied to whoever his quarterback is, whether that's Aiden O'Connell, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's Justin Fields, or whether that's some other guy that they go and get in the quarter in, in the draft. Whoever he decides is going to be his franchise quarterback is who he's going to be tied with. So if he believes that that's Jaden Daniels because he's got that relationship and they go and make the move for him and it doesn't work out, well, at least he tried, right? He, he tried to go and get that, that big-time quarterback. Patrick Mahomes has won the Super Bowl three times. And I know he wasn't a top five quarterback, but he should have been, <laughs> right? If, if, if everybody had known who he was going to be, he'd have been a number one overall pick. Now, he was number 10 overall, so it's still top 10. And we see the quarterbacks that are competing with him. Josh Allen, right? Top 10 pick. Joe Burrow, number one overall pick, right? He was in the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, I know he was the last pick in the first round, number 31 or 32 overall. I get that. He was the last pick that Baltimore had. They actually traded up into the first round. So he's a first-round quarterback, and he's competing. I said it before, you've got to have a guy that can compete, right? You've got to have a guy that can run with or at least close to Patrick Mahomes. I know Jalen Hurts was in the, in the Super Bowl a season ago uh, before Super Bowl 57, and he was a second-round pick. I get that. But for the most part, man, these guys that are winning the Super Bowls, they're first-round pick quarterbacks, right? I know that Tom Brady obviously was a different dude, and Brock Purdy was just in the Super Bowl, and he was Mr. Irrelevant. I get that. But for the most part, man, like I said, you've got to have a guy you got to have a guy that you really, truly believe in and could go and get it done. You can't be afraid of, if I make this move, if I invest all this capital, I'm going to fail. Like, you have to trust yourself. That's why you have scouts. That's why you have a team. That's why you, you know, hopefully believe in what you're, you're seeing. Okay, this is my guy. And for AP, if it happens to be Jaden Daniels with that relationship he has, I think he has an advantage, okay? I know this guy personally. I know what he can do. I know what he can bring to the table. And I'm willing to put my my career on the line, because that's what you're doing. 
No matter what you do, if he rocks with Aiden O'Connell the rest of his career, he's hoping that Aiden O'Connell turns into something. He's risking his career there, right? Whoever you put your name on, that's who you're riding with. So whatever direction that they go, that's exactly who he's going to rock with. So it's either going to be he's going to swing for the fences and try to go get some guy that he really believes could take him to the next level, or he's just going to get a guy and think that, you know what, I'll have enough defense, enough run game, and uh, we'll find a way to win games. You're not going to consistently win games against those Kansas City Chiefs with a quarterback that doesn't complete a pass after the first quarter. Yeah, they won on Christmas. That was awesome. I was excited by it. Uh, the defense scored two touchdowns. That doesn't happen all the time in seven seconds. The run game showed up, and Aiden O'Connell, you know, he didn't panic. He didn't trip out. He didn't blink when he didn't have a lot of success, but you're not going to be able to do that consistently. So I think Aiden O'Connell's biggest issue, and I've said it for the longest time, is his consistency from the quarterback position. But thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. We'll close out strong with Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about a call from Raider 541 on Thursday's show about potentially trading Devontae Adams. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon calling in here. Uh, great, great call, Raider 541. I just wanted to piggyback on that. Um, I, that's an idea that I've thought about a lot of times for actually a couple of years now. He brought up the idea of trading Devontae to the Jets. And uh, the idea of acquiring a, uh, the overall uh, tenth overall pick, I think that's a hell of an idea. And my reasoning behind it is just go look at the cap hit for next year with Devontae and the following year. Um, his his uh, five year hundred forty million dollar contract he signed with the Raiders is back loaded pretty heavy, um, and he would have a crazy dead cap hit as well if you were ever to have anything happen other than just simply be traded to somebody. And so. Uh, that's personally where I think this is kind of headed, to be completely honest with you, is I, I just don't see a scenario where uh, they're going to be able to keep him beyond at least this year. And so, you know, with the idea that we need a quarterback in this year's draft, um, if there is a team in the front end that would actually be willing to let us up into that top three, like a Patriots or uh, really, you know, someone on the very top end, I could see having that 10th overall pick would be huge as well as far as being able to lure somebody in and trade that pick. So we'd have uh, the 10th as well as the 13th, and I just think it's a hell of an idea. Anyway, man, have a great weekend. Peace out. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, look, I'm not 100% sure that Devontae would even get a number one right now, right? I mean, the Jets have the number 10 overall pick. I'm not 100% sure that they'd be willing to give that up. I mean, honestly. You know, and, and, and you're only worth what someone's willing to trade you for, right? So if, if they say, yeah, we're not going to give up a number one, we'll give up a number two. Like Brad Spielberger, who I had on my radio show on Thursday, you heard from him in segment number one, he actually had a potential trade where it was a 2025 second-round pick for Devontae because the Jets don't have a second-round pick in 2024. And I was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I'm good. I just don't think it makes any sense. The Raiders have already come out and said that they're not interested in, in trading Devontae Adams at all. Uh, you know, they got a good thing going with him. They need a trigger man, but I can see the price of doing business. I can see a team saying, you know, especially in the top three, yeah, we'll, we'll come off of it. We'll, we'll take that trade capital, but we need to have that quarterback or that wide receiver as well to go with our quarterback. So, um, you know, again, selfishly, I don't want anything to do with trading Devontae. Uh, I can see a team asking for him. I just don't know if the Raiders would be willing to pull the trigger on that. So we'll see if they do. But I don't think my, my gut feeling tells me Devontae Adams isn't going anywhere. Now, that could just be my... You know, my gut feeling being correct, that could be gas. I say it all the time. We'll find out sooner rather than later. But I don't think Devontae Adams is on the move 
at all. I do know that we'll be talking to Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator, who Devontae Adams is excited about because he worked with him in Green Bay, and he knows what he brings to the table. So that's a good thing, and we'll be talking to him around noon this afternoon, 1210 to be exact, and uh, whatever good stuff we get from that, uh, we'll bring to the show on Monday. So, Rare Nation, enjoy your weekend. Uh, get a little R&R, a little rest and relaxation. Of course, we'll continue to go hard in the paint as we uh, attack this offseason like we always do. Until Monday, Rare Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby. <laughs>